What's up guys? My next guest has created the Amazon.com for weed. Now, it's not as simple as that. He's using a hyper-localized e-commerce model that's totally disrupting the cannabis space. This isn't one you want to miss. He has a crazy story. I can't wait to hop in. Socrates, so you're here in Santa Cruz and you've started Jane Tech here. What's your story? Why did you arrive here in the in our wonderful city uh, of Santa Cruz? Not born here, not from here. I um, was in the Army. I'm originally from Boston. Uh, joined the Army when I was 18. I got out when I was 29 years old. Went back to school in Boston and then moved out to Silicon Valley in 2014, where I spent a year up there working as a um, management consultant. And on the weekends, I would always be coming down to surf and spend time with my friends. One of my good friends has been here for about 20 years. Um, get my cannabis down here. And then as the more I, I realized uh, and got to know Santa Cruz, I realized that there's a really rich history in uh, cannabis uh, and, quite frankly, a, a really rich history in, in technology that's often overlooked. And thought to myself, if I could ever move down here and start my, my cannabis tech startup, it would be in Santa Cruz and did that uh, about five years ago and really, really glad that we did that. So obviously, it's a very popular career trajectory of sorts to want to go into consulting and really understand how businesses work. So what did McKinsey do for you in terms of really breaking down a business and also your entrepreneurial sense? How are you approaching the marketplace you're in because you worked at McKinsey? What, what they did for me was they took someone who has no business experience at all. I was a helicopter pilot in the Army, went to business school showed up at McKinsey and they said, okay, cool. Um, you're going to be the expert in what's known as aggregators or online marketplaces. And in four months, you know, I'm, I'm presenting to the CEO of a very large uh, digital payments company about aggregators. That's what McKinsey teaches you. It teaches you how to do research, how to communicate, how to think logically, break down a very ambiguous problem into actionable steps. And, and ultimately, I, I don't think I would be the same CEO if I hadn't gone through the, the year, two years at McKinsey and grateful of my time there. So you also mentioned that you flew Apache helicopters in Iraq, which is crazy. That is that is awesome, Sock. Does flying a chopper out in the desert or, or anywhere, does that have a tie-in to business? I want to know whether kind of your thought process when you're up in the air you know, still translates to the decisions you make in the boardroom. When you're flying a helicopter, you have to understand risk. You have to understand what you know what the difference is between risk and uncertainty. You know what you do with uncertainty is you break it down. You try to get the knowns, and then when there are knowns, you either say this is a good known or a bad known, and that either turns into risk or opportunity. I think that's what we do. You know, do quite well in the military, particularly in aviation. Let's talk about big box retailers. Let's talk about where we get our medicine now, and that's from you know Walgreens, CVS. Right, etc. I want to know if you see a Walgreens on the horizon for marijuana, a big, massive, multinational chain which specializes in the distribution of this particular medicine, or maybe we see uh, cannabis make its way into to b- these big box retailers. Kind of, what's your view on how this landscape will develop, Sock? I think you'll be able to buy some derivation of cannabis at a CVS. Call it like, you know, my sleeping pills that has cannabis traces or terpenes or something like I'm a big believer in like full spectrum plant 
based therapies, but um, it's a great question, man. Do I think there's going to be a Walmart or a Walgreens of cannabis? Absolutely, I think there's a potential for that. But again, you know, based on local regulations, it's hard to scale from state to state. There are very few MSOs or multi-state operators in this industry who can do it correctly because it's just, you need massive economies of scale. So, so can you do it? Absolutely. Will you see it in the near term before this is legal? Probably not. So I have this other idea, Sock, and that's like adding a chatbot to your platform. Are you guys doing anything with that wherein, you know, it has collected data on you as a customer, can spit out new recommendations, you can input your own uh, preferences for the weekend if you want to, you know, order a bit of cannabis that kind of uh, is of a certain uh, strain. Perhaps you might see that coming soon, Michael, on Jade. Why, why can't you order marijuana using an app downloaded on, on the App Store? Um. Great question. Apple, the iOS review board does not allow for native applications in this industry. Um, they might allow for like content sites like Leafly, Weed Maps, etc., but you can't order cannabis um, from there. So for us, until that's an opportunity, um, we're not going to pursue an app because it's just not the right investment for us to make. That being said, 85% of our millions and millions of consumers interact on their mobile device. We've built it with a, a responsive web application technology that you can save as an app tile on your phone. So um, it's it's not ultimately the app that we want, but until I, Apple says, hey, we can approve this, it's just not the, you know, it's not judicious of us to go and, and spend half a million dollars to go and build it right now. Sock, you know why I really love your business, man? You're not like appointing these drivers to deliver you're taking advantage of existing delivery infrastructure even if someone does want their cannabis shipped directly to their house in this case you're not you know presiding over this network of gig economy drivers which we've seen be a big problem lately you're taking advantage of of an existing network and i I just really like that part about your business when it comes to delivery you you do like business man it's great these are great questions so the, the last mile model is is um that's proven to not work, right? Who's the biggest? Who's the biggest last mile company out there? Uber Eats. Uber, right? yeah. And they can't get profitable. In fact, they're proving that the bigger you get, the more unprofitable it becomes. When you order something on Grubhub, you spend more money as the end customer. Why? Because that restaurant has to price their taco twenty percent overage to cover the margin that they're giving up to Grubhub or Uber or DoorDash. And so ultimately, the restaurant's not making as much money, you're spending more as a consumer and the tech company is actually the one that's unprofitable. So when we were looking at this, we said, okay, we have to go think about this differently. And I think ultimately, until there is autonomous drivers or drones in the air, who knows what Jeff Bezos is gonna dream up next, like until that can be cost effective, I think this last mile business is gonna have to go back to where it started, and that is ultimately at a hyper-local level. So another big part of your business is this tagline of confidence. Now, I think that's really important because you know you can't really trust weed that's bought on the illicit market. And further, we've seen recently that with these vape pens, there was a vitamin E acetate that was actually harming people's lungs, and that was kind of a scare. So. What, what is this whole confidence slogan? What, why, why is that a big part of your brand? You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know enough to say that those tested products came from legal, traceable, 
testable dispensaries. Um, from where, from what I heard, it was all coming from illicit markets, and uh, you have to track literally when the seed goes in the dirt all the way until it gets across the counter. So I, I would argue any uncertainty. If you're wondering about it, number one, if you feel unsafe, don't do it, period. So how do you get more safe? Hey, let me see the lab results. Let me see where the packaging, where this came from. Let me track where this this came from. And, and all that's pointing to the legal markets. So first and foremost, don't buy your products on the illicit market because you don't know what's in it. It's not getting tested. So another question I have is how much... Are- Omniscience, are you affording your clients, your dispensary clients? For example, are you giving them like a monthly report on what's selling best? You know, edibles are doing really well over quarantine because it's not affecting your respiratory system. And, you know, everyone's kind of like at home and that's just kind of like a trend. So so are you sharing these trends with, with your clients? I kind of want to know how much they know about what's going on in your massive platform. Yeah, we do. We do actually not even a monthly report. We give them uh, a dynamic real-time data analytics dashboard that they can go in and look at the health of their business. They can understand, Hey, what categories are selling, what products are selling, uh, what's the price sensitivity, not in Illinois when I'm in Santa Cruz, but what's, how are people consuming products here in Santa Cruz? What should I be stocking my shelves with when I want to, you know, list a deal on an edible? What does that pair night? What's a good compliment to that? What's a substitute to tinctures or lotions? Um, again, this is not, us kind of forecasting what the future is it's digesting and organizing real world real-time information and then presenting that back to the people who need it most and that those are the retailers and, and brands so another kind of thing i want to touch on is the ancillary product market for cannabis whether it be selling you know like recipes cookbooks coloring books, uh, creating like lifestyle experiences on the side. So you're selling the cannabis, but like there's a lot of activities and like I feel like a whole new unexplored market, especially for like my generation of like combining the experience with other things, you know? So, so are you think guys thinking about that? So now I know exactly how you're spending quarantine. Michael is you're, you're, you're eating a bunch of gummies and you're doing a bunch of puzzles. Um, I love your idea. I love your idea. I think it's great. I think, Listen, cannabis, cannabis, it's a lifestyle product, right? You can choose cannabis. You want to go to a movies, movie. You want to go out to eat. You want to go dancing. Other people want to stay home and draw in a coloring book and not talk to anybody. Um, I think there, I love where you're headed, and that's kind of where we're going, is could we potentially bring cannabis to the mainstream and vice versa, bring the quote-unquote mainstream to, to the cannabis consumer? I think there's no better platform than, than Jane to do that one day. So what's your advice, Sock, for kids who are in college? They want to start a business. They want to disrupt kind of like you have. Kind of what would you tell them? And beyond that, if I get some great resumes from some smart kids, can I forward you their, their, their information so potentially we could get talking about an internship for them? Yeah, man. Uh, we're always looking to connect with energetic, passionate, young talent. Um, our company is young. I'm about to be 38, I'm 37, uh, and I'm the old guy at the company, so I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. My advice to entrepreneurs, ask yourself, who do I want to become? What do I love? What do I love? What, what, what makes Michael Michael? What problems can I just not stop thinking about? When someone talks to me about this subject, I can't stop talking about that. Oh, I watch the social network one of these days, and you know, I want to wear the hoodie and be cool and wear my badge and say I'm a part of a startup. Man, you're going to quit. 
you're going to quit because it's way too hard. When you're in school, go out and live your life. That's what I tell these veterans that come to me and they're like, oh, man, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. What do I do? I'm like, go smoke a joint. Go take an art class. Go travel. Go on a date. Go dancing. Do things to get out of your comfort zone to experience kind of, hey, what's out there? Ladies and gentlemen, that was Socrates Rosenfeld, founder of Jane Technologies. What an incredible story that is. Sock, I want to have you on the pod again in the future. Just letting you guys know, our YouTube channel is live. You can now see extended interview cuts of these podcasts on YouTube with me and my guests. It's really exciting stuff. Stay frosty, guys. Enjoy your holiday today. Hope you're listening to more pods, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday.